Welcome to The Green Horizon, the official podcast of the environmental nonprofit Ideas for Us. Join us as we dive deep into sustainability innovation, exploring the green frontiers of tech, business, and design to advance environmental action. Learn about how next level ideas are changing the world. Hi, everybody. My name is Caroline Tremanix. I'm the COO of Ideas for Us, and you're listening to the official Ideas for Us podcast. Today, we're going to be interviewing two of the leaders of Oyster Boys, a conservation program with the mission to employ natural and innovative water filtration methods to combat runoff pollution threats and harmful algae blooms in our Florida water. I'm joined by Dominic Marino, who is the co-founder and president and CEO, as well as Skylar Winmiller, who is the COO. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you for having us, Caroline. Thank you. Awesome. So I'm really excited to hear from you about oysters in general. This is something that, you know, we've done some projects with ideas for us related to oysters, but I think that they're kind of a, an animal that we have here that is not really getting a lot of attention for the impact that it can bring to our waters. So um, I would love for you guys to kind of start us off by giving us kind of a background um, about both of you and about why oysters? Why is this the thing that you guys are choosing to focus on? Sure, absolutely. Um, well, uh, my name is Don Marino. I'm from Sarasota, Florida, and uh, and I'm co-founder and president of Oyster Boys Conservation. And uh, I think you're exactly right that oysters have been slept on uh, for for quite some time and and really abused actually in our uh, in our young American history um, all the way up the coast um, in New York uh, they abused oysters just you know over over um, fishing them uh, for consumption we use the shells for roads and especially when our young country was getting going we had no regard and and uh, and either didn't care about the repercussions or or didn't know any better uh, regardless here we are today with um, with a pretty debilitated oyster population and, and, and they're a keystone species. They filter water 50 gallons a day. They protect shoreline uh, and they provide habitat for, um, for, for a, a lot of juvenile uh, fish and crabs and uh, shrimps and crustaceans. So uh, they do a lot and they're, they're a powerhouse. So that's our, our mission is to, is to get uh, more of them boys back in the water. And so about a year ago, um, a group of us, uh, my brother included, Skylar included. Uh, we um, we decided to try and take some action, and we came across these vertical oyster gardens, which is what we've been deploying throughout the intercoastal waterways. And you hang them from docks, and baby oysters attached to them. So uh, Skylar's been uh, pretty instrumental in getting us going, and and uh, and him and I uh, were were college football teammates back in the day. So I'll let him introduce himself. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, so my name is Skylar Windmiller. I'm working as a chief operating officer for Oyster Boys. We kind of refer to it also as OBC. So if you hear us throw out OBC, that's what we're talking about is Oyster Boys Conservation. But um, yeah, I'm in uh, Kansas City, actually. Uh, born and raised in Kansas City. I was living in Texas for a few years. I've only actually been to Sarasota two times, I think. Once for a CCA banquet in the fall of 22, and then second time was for Dom's wedding. So I'm obviously remote. I'm not the ones drilling. I'm not the one drilling shells. I'm not the one standing on a dock or getting in the water or anything. 
um, kind of trying to bring more of the the background business organization, the operations side of things to the table um, and really put some organization and put some structure behind what Dom and Vince and Matt and I could name off 10 more of our volunteers that do a, a ton of stuff for us. But it we're kind of in a spot where we've all agreed, board members have agreed that it's like, okay, obviously Oyster Boys wouldn't be what it is without Dom and Vince in the water doing things. There would be just spreadsheets and a Google Drive. But then without the spreadsheets and the Google Drive and the website and all that stuff, it, it wouldn't have allowed... OBC and and Dom, Vince and Matt, those guys with boots on the ground in Sarasota and on the Gulf Coast, it wouldn't have been able to grow. There would have been no foundation really for it to stand on. So um, I'm far from a marine biology expert. I'm far from a Suncoast native, but uh, just my my connection to Dom, personal relationship with Dom, you know, he mentioned playing college football together. It's it's a very unique experience when you're able to go through something like that with people and, and, you know, band together on a, on a team. So I, I already knew how Dom worked. Um, I knew his work ethic. I knew how he was as a person. And then when we kind of came to the idea of doing something like this and having a way to make an impact in a community, I knew it was going to be fun to work with him. And then two, I knew it was going to be something that was going to be meaningful and, and make a huge impact too. I love that. So coming together to do something bigger than yourselves, whether you're in that community or you care about it. So when you talk about water quality, is there certain pollutants that are worse than others? And what are some of the additives that are going into our water that we need to be aware of? And you mentioned a few of them, fertilizer. Um, is there one that's worse than the others? Yeah. One thing probably that's important to note for the record is that I'm uh, I'm not uh, certified nor educated uh, formally in marine biology or harmful algae blooms. Um, so this is just me picking up knowledge off the street. And so we actually launched the street scientist program uh, to try and empower folks who are, who care to learn and then use that knowledge to take action. So uh, in a way that's, that's kind of what we're doing now, I hope for, for the listeners. And uh, what I know is that fertilizers in your front yard have nitrogen and phosphorus. And those are the two big names that I know that fuel red tide and harmful algae bloom. So the way I kind of look at it is that when we have this water uh, and these pollutants flushing into the water, you know, if it's, if it's in the water column, these uh, K. brevis, red tide, these other harmful algae blooms, they're looking for food. They're a living organism too. Algae is a living organism. So they find these nutrients and it serves as fuel to the fire uh, and then it, it grows. And, uh, and that's where the harmful piece comes in. Uh, and those, those neurotoxins that the, that the algae produces um, is what kills fish, is what makes your eyes water, makes you sneeze. And, uh, and adversely, oysters love to eat that stuff too. So uh, <clears throat> by simple math, the more oysters we have filtering uh, water, the less nutrients there are to fuel the algae blooms. The solution is kind of in the problem, right? The oysters are benefiting off of those nutrients. So the vertical oyster gardens that you guys create in the water, how does an oyster attach itself to that? All right. I'm going to say one word, and it's going to be the extent of my knowledge on this topic. And then, Dom, you can take it over. Spat. So how oysters reproduce is that, you know, oyster bed that's at the bottom of the seafloor, you have your 
mama oyster and your daddy oyster. And then uh, they both shoot their seed into the water column. It meets. And then uh, oyster larva uh, is then created. And that larva is uh, searching. He's floating, catching the currents, looking for somewhere to land. Typically, it's another bed, an oyster bed, um, because they need hard substrate to attach to. Since we've done so much dredging, inshore and nearshore dredging in our uh, estuaries, a lot of that um, has been uh, destroyed. And so these larvae who are looking for somewhere to call home, if they don't find anywhere, then, uh, you know, they, they die. Um, same thing with um, coastline development, seawalls. You know, a lot of people don't like oysters on their seawall for whatever reason. And so that um, maybe 100 feet of, sh of shoreline that was once living and had grasses and in a place for those larvae to land, that's no more. So to answer your question, the larvae are looking for somewhere to land and there's nowhere for them to land because we've dredged so much or because the mm -hmm. coastlines have been so developed. The larvae then find our home that we've built, that we've deployed the vertical oyster garden off the dock. They find the shell that they're looking for. They stick on and they say, okay, now we're talking, this is home. And uh, and so then they they plant there, they grow there, they filter feed and and do their thing. I'll add too, it's not just oyster that float through and, and gravitate and attach to these things. We did a, a research study with Stalking Savvy last summer um, for 100 bogs that we deployed into uh, Blackburn Bay and ended up finding that there was like over 20 different filter feeding species that were attaching to those. So it's not just oysters that live on a, an oyster condo or a vertical oyster garden. Uh, it's home to a lot more positive um, biodiversity and a, a bunch of different good bacteria as well. God is right on. Another way that we paint the picture for people is like uh, building affordable housing uh, in the water for baby oysters. So the housing opportunity that wasn't there before is there now. And so they move right in and, and live happily ever after. And so, so we basically have spat and these oysters that are floating through the water trying to find something to hold on to, right? And this is a way that people can directly help to create ecosystems and to create restoration and to help clean waters. And it's so tangible and hands-on. I think that's one of the things that I love most about, about Oyster Boys is that um, what I've seen online, which you have a, an amazing platform already. If you guys haven't seen their logo alone, you need to check it out. It's kind of like an oyster cowboy. Um, so wonderful. Um, but the events that I've seen, they really are so multi-generational. And it has that aspect of people, everyday people, um, who may not be marine biologists, but who want to do something for the environment, coming together and doing something that literally creates habitat. So if you guys can talk about um, some of the social sides of your nonprofit and some of the events that you lead. Sure, absolutely. Well, that was a, that was a big deal for us, uh, especially I work in senior living full time. Um, so uh, that's assisted living, memory care, independent living. And uh, we, we did, we, held, we hosted a workshop at our community, uh, a shell string workshop. And uh, the benefit was uh, kind of twofold. Um, you know, we needed help to string them, but also with our senior living company, we try to bring uh, opportunities for our residents to find a sense of purpose in their day um, because it's otherwise it's, it's kind of tough. You know, they're physically disabled and so they can't get out into the community and serve uh, like they once did serve that greater purpose. So when that's taken away from you, 
uh, on the scheme of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that self-actualization is is deprived. And so, uh, you know, you're getting into your your last chapter of life, the last um, 10 or so or five or less years. Uh, you know, the only thing keeping you alive really is your family and, and whatever else you can cling on to. So that sense of purpose, having a reason to wake up in the morning is the, uh, the heaviest component to um, longevity. So when we brought the oyster shells to them uh, and told them the impact it was having to our immediate community down there in Inglewood, um, they were fired up. So they got to work on it and it's easy. It's easy for them to do, you know, their hands hurt. So the shells are easy. The rope's easy. It's tactile um, for them, which is uh, stimulating to the, to the brain and the cognition factor. Um, and uh, they, they really got a kick out of it and we got uh, some good work done. So it was a good time. And just, uh, just yesterday we had an, an elementary school uh, outing workshop. I'll let Skylar explain some of that fun. Yeah, so we uh, partnered up with Lakeview Elementary. Um, they actually have a, a fishing club, which again, I'm a, I'm a Kansas boy. So for an elementary school to have a fishing club that first through fifth graders can all be a part of, I think, first of all, that's cool as heck to me. Um, but fortunately, we have some connections to, to faculty that work there at the, at the school and um, we're able to organize a, an event where we brought some, some pre-drilled shells we had a drill bit there and we had one of our, our main volunteers, shout out to Sam Jeffcoat, um, brought a drill press, brought some shells, was in the background punching holes in, in shells, showing what that part of the process looks like. Um, and then on top of that, we're able to give the, the drilled shells to the kids, same way that we deliver them and hand them out at a uh, retirement community. I mean, again, it's, it's an easy task, but by the time you're done stringing one vertical oyster garden and you have 20 shells on there, you like, you have a sense of pride because you've actually made something that is going to contribute something positive, regardless of what it is. I took five minutes of my time to put these shells on a string that's going to go in the ocean. That's eventually going to be filtering hundreds and hundreds of gallons of water a day. And so for a third grader to be able to say that for a 92 year old to be able to say that it, you can spread it across so many generations, so many demographics, so many socioeconomic groups. There's a reason to do this impactful work and then you can immediately see the result of it. And obviously we want to know what happens when we do something. I don't want to do, I don't want to complete a task without knowing what the end result is going to be or knowing why I'm completing that. And so when we're doing these, these Vogue assemblies, I mean, there is a true end goal. There's a true end purpose that you can sit there and attach really valuable meaning to, to the action that you're doing. So after hearing this amazing conversation, people are fired up to deploy these oysters into their environment. They want to get involved. How are ways that the everyday person can get involved with Oyster Boys? Uh, first and foremost is going to be a monetary donation. I mean, that's that's going to be something that any small nonprofit, any foundation is, you know, we're, we're going to lead with that. I mean, we're going to be able to take your dollars and, and make them impactful for you. Don't worry about a thing else. Cut us a check, whatever you're comfortable with, whatever would be best for you personally. We'll take that money and, and make sure that it goes straight towards the impact that we're trying to make and improving our mission and stuff. So First of all, um, we would love some some dollars from you. I mean, plain and simple, that's a great way. It's a simple way for you to donate. That's something that helps us out a lot. 
Second thing is going to be spreading our message. Follow us on social media, share us on social media. When you're at the coffee shop, talk to somebody about us, tell your mom about us. You know, the more people that see what we're doing, the more that we can really branch this spider web out into a million different connections. That's something that's going to impact us a lot. And then lastly, I mean, we do try and hold as many in-person events as we can. Um, we have uh, a small group of me uh, board members, you know, we're trying to make as much as we can. So when we do have those in-person events, probably quarterly, uh, we would love to see out there. I mean, whether it's a, a trash cleanup that we're doing, whether it's a vertical oyster garden assembly, whether it's grabbing a drill press and punching some holes in some shells for us, any, any way that you can come meet us, come get your hands dirty or anything like that, that's going to kind of be some of the best ways that you can you can contribute to OBC. Uh, if you asked about um, donating, we need doc donations as well. Folks who are who live on the intercoastal and who would be willing to hang these vertical oyster gardens from their dock and do their part. Um, the best thing about getting the old folks and the youngsters involved is that it does create that sense of pride in uh, protecting our homeland. So uh, we need we need dock owners. And it requires no permitting, just your permission. Love it. We do something similar with lawn donations where we can adopt people's lawns and um, turn them into farms through our fleet farming program. So I love to hear that the dock donation program. Who wouldn't want to donate their dock to creating ecosystems and filtrating water? So one of the big aspects of what you're doing is that you're working with local businesses, right? You wouldn't be able to have these bogs or vertical oyster gardens employed or deployed um, if you didn't have the oyster shells that are recycled into the system. Uh, I would assume certain businesses are really making a big effort. Sure. Well, Captain Eddie's uh, seafood restaurant down there in Nokomis, they've been a huge uh, help supplying shells uh, for us to recycle. You know, we put them in the yard so that they can cure and then we can use them later. So we're grateful uh, for Captain Eddie's and, uh, and, and their business taking it because it's not easy work. You know, the kitchen, they have they have plenty of work to do. So for them to take the time to put the shells on the side has been uh, has been major. Um, there's been other businesses uh, in the community as well. The shower shop specifically um uh, monetary donations um uh the child's hospitality group up on Anna Maria Island has been pivotal for us uh to grow and they served as uh, Ed Child served as a, a mentor for us as we first got going and uh, and he does clam restoration all clams on deck initiative another business that's been uh, majorly supportive has been Hearts Landing uh bait shop right there under the Ringling Bridge um right there at, uh, downtown Sarasota they uh, they did a, a a vlog installation and it was a huge hit and they're throwing it all over social media so we're grateful for them for sure. Another uh, group of people that have been extra supportive has been the Sarasota Bay Estuary Program. Uh, Moat Marine uh, helped us get going on the front end. Uh, Sarasota Bay Watch, uh, the CCA, uh, has been huge. They had us speak at their banquet in front of four hundred people. And that really kickstarted what we we're doing. SRQ Magazine, Sarasota Edible Magazine, uh, they both gave us features, one on the cover, which was huge for us. Um, and the neighborhoods, too, at homeowners associations who are buying in and, uh, and spending their money on, on, uh, on these restoration projects of their docks. So the Sanderling uh, Club there on Siesta Key, the Bay Tree Club also on Siesta Key, um, Sunset Place down at Osprey where we did our first a hundred vogs on, on our home dock down there, Puesta del Sol. Uh, those guys were huge. 
Um, so to see the community come together and and uh, support our initiative is uh, is exactly what's what's needed. You know, we got to come together and and uh, and and we're stronger that way. A huge shout out to Stocking Savvy. Sean Patton um, has been huge for us. I mean, he facilitated our first informal research project. Him and his team are incredible. Um, Heritage Oaks of Inglewood is where we've uh, where we hosted our vlog workshops with uh, the assisted living residents. A huge shout out to Sean Swartz down there at the uh, Robinson Preserve. He gave us our first load of big shells, and he's really the I, I crown him as the the oyster king the, uh, of our area. Um, uh, Tam Bay Estuary Program, Sarasota Bay Estuary Program. Those guys kind of got the VOG movement going way before we were on the scene, and we just um, it took a hold of it and, and went full speed with it. Where do you guys see Oyster Boys going in the next couple of years? What's your future plans? That's a good question. Um, I, I'd like for both of us to answer it, but uh, but Skylar, I'll speak first if I may. Um, essentially, we'll be doing the same thing that we're doing now. Um, just hopefully I covered more ground by then. We're still going to be hanging bogs. Um, we, uh, we're, we're, we're branching out uh, into different, um, we're trying to organize different divisions of, of conservation throughout all of Florida, all of them that are impactful. So, you know, vertical oyster gardens are important, but we're also uh, trying to uh, uh, execute some living shoreline um, projects um, uh, some green infrastructure projects at the end of uh, different um, uh, drainage pipes, you know, to try and slow that sediment uh, pollution and in, in the night and in, in the uh, excuse me nutrients from getting into the, uh, the water qual- uh, column. Uh, we're also trying to preserve some land uh, from development from properties getting developed. But in five ten years, uh, it's short answer. Doing the same thing we're doing now, hopefully larger scale, hopefully more people involved. Uh, so we can cover more ground. Um, and oysters are along the whole East Coast and the world. So if if we get to that point, maybe 10, 20, 30, 40, we're in it for the long haul, man. So uh, we don't even put a number on how many oysters we're trying to get in the water. We're just going full speed and see how many we can, how many we can do. Skylar, what do you imagine for the future? Uh, what we're doing right now at scale is really my hope is my vision for OBC is to see, you know, maybe it's Dom, Matt and Vince in Sarasota, and then maybe you move over to the East coast, or maybe you drop down to Miami and have somebody on the Southeast side of the state that are helping us helping out out there, move up to South Carolina, move up to Maine, Boston, New York, the Northeast corner. Um, It's like he was saying, I mean, there's oysters are saltwater specific filters. So we've, we've, done our a little bit of research and found out it's not going to filter fresh water it's not going to work in a, a lake or a pond or anything like that it has to be salt water and you t- you telling me that tells me that oyster boys could put bogs in on 70 percent of the planet and that's uh, obviously a good amount of space so i think seeing oyster boys scale up and uh, allowing us you know me and dom in the seats that we're in maybe to be less hands-on, maybe to be less putting the string through the shell and more so facilitating communities to do this themselves and allowing and empowering either individuals, groups, communities, towns, whatever, 
empowering them to do this themselves. And I think that's what's going to be the coolest thing for us to watch is, whoa, uh, Oyster Boys Galveston, Texas just popped up and they, they put 100 fogs in the water this summer. And maybe we didn't do anything other than guide them on how to do it. But to, to see some satellite vertical oyster gardens going up in different parts of Florida and different parts of the country or the world, like that's the most exciting for me. And uh, personally, I'm getting a lot of enjoyment out of running a nonprofit, like learning how foundations work, the different tax, different tax scenarios. It's all just very fascinating to me. And so ultimately, I would love a chance to, um, you know, wear, wear a shirt like this to work every day. And I mentioned the OBC office, you know, maybe someday jumping in and, and going to an OBC office every day and that being the the main thing that we do and the biggest focus of my life, I think that would be, that would be awesome too. Amazing. So Oyster Boys are taking over Sarasota, soon taking over Florida and soon taking over the world. Um, I think that, you know, as Floridians, um, when we have such a beautiful environment, we really feel called to protect it. And I think that's um, not just for people in Florida, but people around the world who want to do something that makes a difference in their community um, with their friends, which with different kinds of people and uh, to be able to come together to do something that really matters. So thank you guys so much um, for what you're doing and for this interview. And um, do you have any last thoughts for us? I want to just throw out a message to other foundations and other nonprofits and, and even other small businesses. Um, I think one thing that's helped us so much is that we, we really do have a solid social media presence. And the number one key to that presence, I will just tell you, is just being active. There's really there's two pieces to it. Be consistent. Put your stuff out there. Tell everybody what you're doing. And then if you can attach a face and names and real people to your project and to your mission, that's, that's really all it is. Uh, obviously, I think we do have a special mission and a, a special purpose that is attractive to a lot of people. So I know that that helps bring followers and, and attention as well. But anybody with a small business and a foundation and organization, let people see your face. Let people see what you're doing. Let people hear your, hear your voice, hear things in your words, because we've gotten so... Like we've got so tech heavy, we've gotten so graphic design oriented. You got to have a, a really cool website and all this stuff. It's like at the end of the day, you have to be a face and a name and a person behind the mission and behind the organization. And that's that's what draws people in because you start to attach yourself to the personality and the people that are in it. Um, and then I think on top of that, we're we're some pretty cool guys. We're some pretty cool dudes uh, to to put it politely and humbly, I guess, but um, <laughs> I think it's, it's fun to follow us. We make it exciting. And so again, back to that message for other organizations, just be yourself, have fun, let people get to know you through your business or through your, your organization that you're a part of. And that's what's helped us on social media so much. Spot on. I have a message too, if I may. Yeah, so really it's just a message of gratitude, man, for, for everybody that supported us along the way. There's been uh, folks uh, that have been uh, busting their tails from the jump. Uh, my Our team uh, mainly, you know, Skylar Windmiller, Matt DeMassey, Vince Marino, um, Sam Jeffco, Captain Joe Kerner, Kirshner, excuse me. Those guys put in uh, some hours, especially the founding fathers. 
when we first got started. So I salute those guys. We've been at it pretty much weekly, barely missing a week or two here and there for over a year. And that's a lot of uh, sacrifice. And um, we're just I'm just glad to see it uh, starting to come to fruition. I'd also like to thank the folks that have been supportive, um, you know, verbally and just throughout the community saying, keep going. I love what y'all are doing. We appreciate that. How can I help? You know, the folks that are that are actually getting out there with us in the water and getting their hands on shells. I wanted to uh, express my uh, gratitude to them, too. Um, and then just throughout the entire community, uh, the folks that actually do care about protecting Florida. So uh, a call to action is for the new folks that are moving to Florida. Pay attention. You know, we got to we got to um, take care of our, our crib. And if we don't, then you know what what else we got mosquitoes and then what might as well louisiana but um just just overflow with with gratitude really my brother um is an example of of this opportunity that we have to one serve our community and then two um you know being outside uh and 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 enjoying the fruits of of what florida has to offer Man, you're you're doing both those things at the same time. It's a it's a huge blessing. My brother quit college basketball to come do that full time, and so none of that would would have been possible without Skyler, without Matt, without the rest of those folks who believed in us from the jump. So I'm uh, just uh, overflowing with uh, gratitude as we speak, and for uh, ideas for you guys taking this time right now uh, to speak with us, to broadcast, doing that work, Katie to to cut it up, cut up the audio. So thank y'all and. And you guys are doing it too, man. So keep on, keep on going, and uh, and we might just save the world. Yes, yes, let's do right. it. I have one more thing, if I may. I like to shout out Fleet Farming. Ooh. Another division of uh, the OBC future, uh, more immediate future, is um, some regenerative farming practices. You know, food security, especially um, in Florida. You know, our country as as a whole really um, is an important sector to uh, care about. And so we want to try to figure out ways to um, not be so dependent on the global food chain uh, and uh, what our food eats. So regenerating those, um, that nutrient density in our soil is something that we're going to start paying attention to and, and uh, in practicing in our own backyards, literally. Um, so shout out to fleet farming for paving that way, especially in Florida, turning yards into food forests. Um, we're, we're following their lead and hope to get consulted, <laughs> hope to get consulted by their team and, uh, and, and bring our own food forest alive down there in Southwest Florida. Wonderful. So you can donate your dock or you can donate your lawn and maybe we can come to a neighborhood near you. So thank you guys so much for um, this interview and um, we hope to see you next time on the Ideas for Us podcast. Make sure to follow Ideas for Us on social media. Subscribe and find more episodes at ideasforus.org slash podcast. You can support this podcast and the environmental actions performed by Ideas for Us by becoming a member at ideasforus.org slash memberships.